What's up, horror fam? You know what time it is. Today we got a special guest. Let's get into this. Yeah, well, hey, I screwed that up. <laughs> Why should today be any different? <laughs> That's all right. We'll just go. So, yeah, like Ryan said, we got a special guest in the house today. <laughs> uh, please welcome back Mr. D.A. Roberts. Roberts. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, anytime. I see the restraining order didn't take. No, no. <laughs> no, that's because I wouldn't answer the door. <laughs> like they say, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for oh, sure. So, yeah, guys, we have Mr. D.A. Roberts in the house with us tonight. Um, we usually do a little business for him, but I think we're going to skip that for this one and just yeah. get into yeah. the conversation here. Just get into the nitty-gritty here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, DA has been on here before. Um, if you haven't peeped that episode, go back, check it out. Uh, it's a good one. He's an author. I mean, retired police or still working, I guess, technically in some terms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of cool stories. His books are pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of good things, so I'm sure you're probably going to see him multiple times on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> He's so, just a fun guy to talk to you guys, and uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So uh, what have you been up to, sir? Writing, mostly. <laughs> good. Right on, right good. on. Anything uh, in particular that you want to talk, that you're writing about, if you can tell us? Well, the the last uh, I released a book since the last time I was on. Uh, the last book I released was called uh, the the sequel to Lakeview Man. It's the Lakeview Man uh, first duty. It's uh, about a secondary character picking up where the primary character left off, and uh, it's doing fairly well. Uh, the ratings are holding pretty. Oh, we froze up a little bit. Uh, the reviews are the we reviews are coming in well, so I like that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, to fade out. No, yeah, you, just for you a second. Up you're for good. A second, it's good. You, we can back. still hear you. You, you just kind of look okay. like you were frozen. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a face like mine, it probably didn't matter. Look, <laughs> don't move. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> hey, if we stop moving long enough, maybe it'll fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> just do the deer in the headlights. <laughs> uh, I had so, a raccoon one time do a little dance in front of me. That's what the squirrels do. Squirrels like, do I want to live? Do I want to die? Do I want to live? I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> they run yeah. straight back out in the middle of the road. Yeah. One night I was out on patrol. This has been a couple years back. And I was driving around. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing going on. Uh, so I pull over and just park at the side of the road, figure I'll knock out a report and sit there and just watch a couple of the main intersections. And I look over and on a side street just a little ways away, there's a cat eating something dead in the road, a piece of roadkill. It might have been a squirrel. I don't I didn't identify. And this cat's just just going to town chewing on it and i'm watching because it's really like the only thing going on so i'm just watching this cat eat this piece of roadkill and i see movement behind the cat so i look and i'm thinking about lighting it up with a spotlight and i'm like no that'll scare it off and i see this huge raccoon come out and it's like sneaking up real slow and the cat's eating it's not paying any attention and all of a sudden that raccoon just jumped on that cat and kicked the living hell out of it took the roadkill and ran off i wish i'd have been filming it i was laughing so hard it was like (laughs) animal world gone wild it was awesome yeah oh yeah raccoons can fight and they're dirty fighters trust me i know Yeah. yeah We were trying to catch a cat, and I accidentally caught a raccoon and <laughs> in a live trap. And oh my god! 
yeah. like to never got that thing out of there. You got to watch those guys because they basically have hands. Oh they yeah, can undo latches and figure shit out. They're smart. I kept trying to unlatch the cage to let it out, and every time I'd reach to unlatch it, that son of a bitch would lunge at me and bite the cage. <laughs> yeah, they're vicious, oh, dude. Oh, God. They are- and then I'm like, okay, what do I do when I get this thing open? Because <laughs> it's going to come out of this cage and come right at me. And not this, be happy. Uh, uh, this is Sparta. But luckily, when he came out of the cage, he immediately made a 90-degree turn and went down the hill. Yeah, so that I was like, whoo. If they want to get away more than anything, they don't like being uh, – they don't like human contact, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why you rig up like a little pulley where you can pull the string from 30 feet away that raises the right. cage. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they do with bears. <laughs> you had, stand by with an air rifle in case he comes your way. We had a customer one time. He had a live trap, and he caught a skunk in it. Ugh, yeah. So what do you do? You, you take a blanket out, and you throw it over the top of the trap so it doesn't spray you. Well, this dumbass picks up the trap and puts it in the back of his car. <laughs> oh. I bet he never got that smell out of the car. Well, no. We were working on the car the next day, and it was horrid. Had the whole shop stunk up. Oh, my God. Oh, it was nasty. <sighs> Why nasty. would you? <laughs> hey, and it's wildlife with the Horror Chronicles. Anyways, yeah, let's get into some cool stuff here. So we were kind of talking a little bit before, and you were saying you're a horror movie connoisseur. And, uh, you know, like we said, we actually just recorded an episode earlier on Silver Bullet. Um, I got to say, what's your, what's your favorite error of horror movies? Hmm. Favorite error? Era. Uh, era. 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 I thought you meant error. I was like, like thinking, what, what have they, what have they yeah, screwed you up? You know, like the biggest screw up in a movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of them. Twilight. Uh, uh, Twilight. No, that was, those being written at all. That, that, that's... <laughs> No, your favorite era, like of, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, 70s, 60s. I, I'm going to have to go with 70s yeah. because the, the, the special effects were schlocky, but they had to rely on the writing. Uh, yeah. Kind of like yeah. the old uh, the Night Stalker with Darren McGavin. That's really oh, what got me that. into horror in the first place. And I, I will always liken back to that as being my roots. Uh, so I, I would have to go, you know, that era with the old schlocky hammer films. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yes. know, and you and I are pretty close to the same age. And, How old are you? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> How old are you? Huh? I, I, I can't say. say how old. Say I'm it. Well, I'm fifty. Well, I'm forty-nine. Seventy-eight. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so we're really close. <laughs> I feel like I'm seventy-eight some days. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm with you there, man. I, you know, I'm really big into the '80s slasher craze. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I grew up on all those old, you know, well, honestly, I grew up on a lot of 50s and 60s horror oh, those because that's what they were showing on TV, you know. In the mid 80s, uh, from like 1984 to about 1988, uh, I ran the movie projector for the theater in the town I grew up in. Worked, nice. worked in a, the it's Star Theater. It's gone. They tore it down now. It's, it was an old landmark. But I... I I ran the projector and ran concessions at that movie theater for years. So I saw a lot of movies, like first-run movies from the projector booth, like Christine, oh, um, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street when that came out. Oh, I actually yeah. got to run – ran Christine. See, but, man, that would, see, that would be a cool job. I it wish – I wish I didn't that, make any money at it, but it was fun. Right. Well, right. yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Well, yeah, you know? the cool jobs you don't really make money <laughs> at. 
See, that's what I was going to say. Cause like I, you know, I moved out of my parent, I moved out of my parents' house when I was like 14 and I had a full-time job and I did all this. So like I had a job today cause I really need the money. <laughs> but so <laughs> I would have loved to have worked in a theater. You know, yeah, I had friends, cool. lucky for me, I had friends when I was younger who did work in a theater. So he we doesn't got, have friends anymore though. Yes. Spilt them all off. That's right. You've been in a relationship for 20 years. You don't have friends. <laughs> But no, uh, no. Preaching to the choir. (laughs) I had friends that worked in a theater, so they got me in, you know, to see movies. And then, like, we would be able to get cool posters, some of the movie posters and things that were there. So that was cool. But I would have loved to actually work there, like you said, like you did, you know. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Um, So I got to say, for me, it's the 80s. But, you know, um, now I grew up. I was born in 86, so like, but I, you know, grew up Young. watching, well, but it's yeah. kind of like you said, you know, you, yeah. you watched, you watched the fifties and sixties movies right. because that's what they were playing. So like my older brother and sister and my parents, you know, they watched a lot of the eighties stuff, you know? Um, and well, when, I was, when I was young in the, in the early in the mid seventies, there was a TV show. It was based out of one of the, one of the stations here in Springfield. And I can't remember which station it was, but every Saturday night they had this guy that would come out in really, really bad vampire makeup. That was a, the show was called Tales of Terror, and he would show one of those old, you know, 50s, 60s yeah, yeah. horror films, and I grew up, every Saturday night I'd watch Tales of Terror, mm-hmm. and I used to tell my older brother Ronnie, he looked just like the guy with the fake widow's peak, and he used to get pissed off. yeah you know and i grew up in st louis and in st louis every saturday night we had what was called saturday night shockers and they would show like you know uh uh, tales from the dark side and the twilight zone and then they'd always play like a scary movie you know Mm -hmm. late at night and so you know i grew up on stuff like you know like you can see my poster back here house on haunted hills oh yeah great movies um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff you used to catch on those, uh, Black Sunday and, you know, all those old Vincent Price and Boris Karloff movies. And, you know, of course I was big into the universal monsters and stuff. Like oh yeah. That, you know, but where I really fell in love with horror, you know, it was funny. You mentioned the night stalker a while ago and Ryan and I were talking and, and I finally figured out what got me into horror my mom used to watch the Night Stalker, and I oh, yeah. remember she was watching one when I was when I was a little kid, and it had a zombie in it. And I remember oh, the that, zombie episode that was a yeah, great, yeah yeah uh, yeah. Sew its mouth together. Yes, exactly. You had to fill it up with salt and sew it together. Uh, I went to bed that night and had a nightmare. I woke up and walked into the living room, and the zombie was sitting on our couch. <laughs> and ever since then, you know, I was probably four or five years old whenever I had that. And ever since then, I've just been fascinated with horror and creepy shit and, you know, ghosts and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? My mother was a big horror fan and uh, she's the one that got me to watch, watch uh, uh, the night stalker. Uh, and uh, she uh, had me when I was, I think around 10, I can't remember what year it came out, but it was somewhere around 1980, 81, uh, when the Amityville horror came out. Uh, the original that, Amityville the original, horror came out in 78. Yeah, I remember watching that when it was new. 78, 79, somewhere around in there. Yeah, that scared the living crap Fantastic out of me. Fantastic film. That's I was, I was terrified I was going to see those eyes game. outside the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 See, that's so weird because, like, it's it's cool for me, too, because, like, I'm I'm younger than you guys, of course, but 
uh, just a baby. But I still love and appreciate all the older things, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and that's the thing. We kind of talked about it a little bit in our last episode we just did about Silver Bullet, you know, with Silver, like, just put it, for, in, for mm -hmm. instance, Silver Bullet, you know, they really, and you guys would know more than I would because you grew up listen, watching the, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s right. movies more than I did. But in the 80s, um, those movies really knew how to work with atmosphere. Yeah. Like the atmosphere oh, yeah. part of the movie, like Silver Bullet has a great atmosphere, you know, you, you can feel it. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's like DA said a while ago that, you know, they didn't have like special effects CGI and, and stuff that. like that to rely on. They had to tell everything, you know. Using music and uh, uh, sound effects yeah. and, you oh, know, yeah. just building that atmosphere up. To yeah, any anytime you've got the the sound effects that are on point and you've got the music keyed just right, it really builds the scenes. Yes. The, yeah, music can make or break the entire scene. If you've got oh, the wrong music or the wrong the wrong pitch to the music, you know, you don't you don't have your audience on, on pins and needles. So that's right. that's kind of what I try to capture in my writing too. I try to pitch the scenes so I've described just enough of the background and I've got just enough of the characters. So when something happens, you've got all those images swirling in. And, mm, and that's yeah. that's yeah. something I try to do in my writing. Yeah, build an atmosphere up. Yeah. I heard an interview one time uh, with with Alice Cooper, and Alice Cooper said that he he likened his music to a painting by Salvador Dali. He said, "I want people to finish hear my music and and look at it like they would a Salvador Dali picture." He said they'd look at it one time and then have to go back. He says because you'd walk away saying, "You know, I I, I think I saw this, I know I saw that, but I've got to go see it again just yeah. to be sure." Yeah. He says and that that shotgun rock and roll theory, that philosophy that he put into his music is what I try to put into my writing. That's yeah. Cool. That's awesome, man. And that's the thing too, like you, you bringing, drawing people in, you know, um, perfect example too of one of our favorites and probably one of yours, uh, Halloween, the original. Oh, great film. So that part, whenever she's walking across, you know, the street from babysitting, going to see, check on her friend, you know, she's walking across the street that all you see the wind blowing, Mm -hmm. you just get that feeling you know yeah. what i'm saying they you can built feel that, the chill in the air that's yeah. the music yeah. kicks in i mean i that i love that stuff dude that when they build that up like that and um it's so weird to me i don't know maybe you might have an answer for this but like i talked to jt about it too we talk about it quite often but let's it's weird how something like this can bring people together yeah. oh yeah but it, but it also um makes you feel good you know what I'm yeah. saying? It makes you feel good inside. Like uh, that nostalgia or just – it's kind of like I said, every, everyone likes to be scared. Exactly. Know, so to speak. Um, I just find that – Even if you so, don't want to be scared, you still like to be scared. Yeah, it's so interesting to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I've always wondered if there's like a – if there's a reason for that, you know, well, the, the literature purists always look down on horror writers like a, like we're just not really part of the club, you know, uh, but horror is, is a, is a vital genre. I mean, people love to be scared just like you were saying. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. they love stories that make them feel like some, like the world is not quite right. But at the end, you've got to give them, You've got to give them that that feeling that the the evil has been overcome at least for now, uh, yeah. because if you if if the evil wins, they don't really enjoy that as much. Right. Yeah. So you you try to you try to balance that that feeling of fear with the feeling of elation of success. Yeah. And that's a that's a thin wire to walk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's like well with Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. You know they go right back. Part two goes right into you know. Oh yeah. Where part yeah. one ended. 
you know, it's funny. You talk about the literary greats, you know, looking down on horror writers and mm-hmm. stuff. We just did a really good episode about Harry Price and the Borley Rectory. And one of the things that, that I ran across was there used to be a club called the Ghost Club. Charles Dickens was one of the founding members of that club. Really? And what they did is that it was a bunch of guys that would get together and they would talk about ghost stories and different kind of creepy paranormal stuff. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pretty cool st- stuff. You're, that's another thing that's cool about doing what we do. You know, we kind of like what, you know, police officers, we have to investigate things. So we go mm-hmm. in and we start looking at the history of things and you've learned some stuff like, holy crap. Like he said, yeah. with like the whole ghost club thing, you know? Right. So yeah, that kind of blew my mind because you, you know you wouldn't think of Charles Dick. Well, I don't, I don't know. I guess I guess you kind of would. You know, if you look at a Christmas Carol. Yeah, you know, I guess you can see him. You know, being into ghosts and stuff like that. Well, speaking, a, yeah, go, oh, ahead, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. I, I read a while back uh, that back before Stephen King was injured, uh, because you know, remember when he got hit by that 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 when he was walking on the road, a driver hit him, almost killed him. Yeah. Uh, his, his writing actually changed quite a bit after that. Yep. But before yeah. that happened, when he was still up in mobile every year in his hometown in Maine on Halloween, he would have a big festival on the grounds of his house, like have a bonfire and people would come from all over town and he would sit and tell ghost stories. And I told my wife, if I was ever successful enough in my writing where I could do something like that, that's something I would love to do on Halloween. Oh is just, yeah. You know, you know, set it up, get, get, get local sponsors, you know, have somebody come in, you know, to do vending and stuff like that and just mm-hmm. set and tell ghost stories over the fire. And I right. just think that would be the best, you know, give the kids trick or treat, have candy, have all, plenty of candy, but just have a place where people could go and, and experience that horror altogether. See, uh, and that's, have, a, have a, that's so have a big projector set up with a movie mm-hmm. and, that's so funny because that's kind of what we do at our house every year. That's on awesome. Halloween. Um, you know, I don't. It's funny. I've got I've got several books that are geared towards kids. You know, and that was always my goal was to be able to sit outside by the bonfire and read these kids' ghost stories as they come by for trick or treating. Now awesome. I just let my yard do it. You know, I we completely creep out the whole you know, front of the house and all down the driveway. Basically, when people come to my house to to trick-or-treat my driveway is probably oh, i don't know an eighth of a mile maybe maybe not quite that long but uh they hack they actually have to drive through a cemetery to get to my house nice it's a cemetery i put out there yeah but, you know i've got skeletons and coffins and tombstones all over the place and uh you know i just we're not into the gore or anything we just want it to be creepy well yeah and see what's cool about this too is is the fact that like with what we're doing with this podcast is not only are we like talking about things that we love, but we also get to uh, make connections with people like you and like with the directors that we've yeah. known and actors and things like that. I would like, like to make some of those connections too. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and we all work together on things, you know, and um, so like we are planning on down the road, we're going to be doing our own haunted attraction. We're going to be doing, like an adult Halloween party type thing. Like that would during, be awesome. Dude, yeah. I'd drive to Rolla for that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, um, your idea about doing like a, a bonfire thing and having kids come and, you know, chill out next to the fire and hear stories. He'd be perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We can, there's things we can all do together and make an awesome, you know, just a good Experience, time for everyone, yeah. you know. That would be fantastic. That's I'm, I'm down. 
that's we, that's we, my plans for you know yeah we actually when whenever ryan got here i asked him if bradley was coming uh bradley is one of the other guys that does the show with us mm-hmm. he has a, a mud park up in bell missouri mm-hmm. and uh every year in the month of october he does what he calls a haunted trail ride and basically he has actors out there and, and you ride your side by side through the woods and you got nice. people jumping out at you, you know. Sets, well yeah, he has talked to Ryan and I both about us taking that over next year. Well, that'd be so, fantastic. Uh, oh, it's gonna be awesome, man. Like I, I've worked it ever since he started it. Like I'm one of the main I was the first actor that ever worked there and I've worked it ever since he started it. <clears throat> but like uh there's so much potential there. Yeah. Well, and, and it was next funny. Halloween I've got to come up and check that out. Yeah. The yeah. last the last time Bradley was here, he uh, he was uh, going through. You know, I had my yard set up and everything, and we were out walking around. And he was like, "So where'd you buy this stuff?" I said, "I didn't. I didn't buy any of this. I built it all." And he was like, "Holy shit, dude!" He goes, "I need your mind doing this stuff because that's what I like to do. I, you know, I, anybody can go and buy something, you know, but I want to build it and make it my well, own." And I need you know. to get with you then because uh, when once the big C is finally gone and we can start doing conventions again, I'd like to pick your brain to help help me design the booth setup for my books to when I go to conventions. Oh, for sure. Gener- generally, I've got a ten by ten square. Sometimes it's ten by twenty, depending on how big a booth yeah. they give me. But I need a 10 by 10 square that stands out. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's, and that's the whole thing. Like we can't wait for conventions to start. Yeah. You know, and then like we all go to conventions together. We can help each other out doing things. That's my whole point is like, there's no reason why people shouldn't be working together on things. Right. You know what I mean? You know, it's not us against you or him against us or any of that stuff. It's like, Hey, we're all in us for the same love of horror. And see, exactly. my, and I plan, I mean, I'm just going to say it down. It's going to be years in the making, of course, but I'm going to eventually start my own show, like convention wise, yeah. start, start our, own, our own convention down the road. It's going to be a few years, you know, five, six years probably, but I'm going to do that eventually. Ooh, the mid-Missouri frightmare. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, there, eventually we're going to get to all that. There's so much potential out there. And yeah. I, oh. one thing I'm loving about, See, we've been doing this podcast for about two years now, mm-hmm. and um, everything we do with our Facebook, everything is all organic things. Like, so mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of yeah. We're Facebook. not paying for anything because we can't. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that, trust me, I know how you feel. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of shows out there, a lot of Facebook pages and things like that who have, let's say, three hundred and something thousand followers, right? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. but you go to look at it and it's like, they're all bought and they're all bought bots and things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why I tried to do my, my pages, my, uh, all my, my Instagram, my, my, um, Facebook page, all of that's organic. It's built slow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I haven't, I I don't have, I don't, I don't spend money to get 30,000 fake followers. Because it really does nothing for you. Exactly. Uh, You know, I had a guy contact me not too long ago offering me, uh, to do five-star reviews from my books for, I think it was like a hundred dollars per book. I'm like, no, he's like, well, yeah. why not? It's five-star reviews. I said, it doesn't matter if they're not real. It's yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. It's I, would, I would rather have real, I would rather have, I'd rather have an honest three-star than a fake five-star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Like for us, like we're almost, our Facebook page has been growing so significantly. It's crazy. Cause like, I'm thinking right now we're at like 20, close to 2,700 yeah. something followers. I'm and right around all, 2,000, coming up on 2,000 on my, yeah, author, see, my author page. 
And it's all organic stuff. And that's what I like because you know what? The people who follow you that way mm-hmm. will show up when you need them to. Right. So like, right. let's say someone. And they'll continue to follow you. Well, and let's say someone spends 30, whatever, or spends money to get 30, 40, 50,000 followers. Okay. But uh, my 2,000 followers might actually show up to a convention. Right. You know? Well, they, I doubt it. You know, <laughs> well, you know, you never know that. No, yeah. Not right now, but down the road, possibly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. So, like, uh, it, the real people are going to be the ones that are there to follow you, maybe support you guys if you do a GoFundMe or something down the road. You get all these fake people. I mean, shit, if I, if I had 300,000 followers following me and I said, hey, I'm going to do a GoFundMe, can you guys each give me a dollar? That would be a hell of a conga line. <laughs> no kidding. And guess what? You turn to find out, oh, well, you only actually have 3,000 followers. The rest are all bought and paid for by you. So uh, there you go. Yeah. It's like that movie Uncle Peckerhead. You guys only made three bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Uncle Peckerhead. I got to watch that. You do, man. That that movie was fun. So uh, I've never seen that. I need to watch that. It just came out not too long ago. It's on Amazon. Oh, I'll definitely have to watch it then. Yeah, it's uh, Uncle Peckerhead. It's uh, <laughs> who's in it? Uh, a bunch of nobodies. It, it's a it's a newer movie. It's it's a B grade horror. Basically, the gist of the movie is is there's a there's a small independent uh, rock and roll band that wants to go out on tour, and their van gets repossessed. So they end up finding this old dude with this van. Don't say no more. And he takes them on tour. <laughs> you know to in. Yeah, it's that sounds uh, that sounds pretty dang funny. Well, it, it's a horror movie, so you know there's a twist. <laughs> there, there is a twist to it, kind of like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. God, it's horror. It's horror, but it's hilarious. Funny. <laughs> Tucker and Dale is one of my favorite. I yeah, that is love a great that movie. movie. <laughs> my wife and I were watching movies. It's not found it on Amazon Prime. I want to say it was called American Bigfoot. Uh, or maybe just Bigfoot. We were looking for, a, a, well, she lets me pick cryptid movies to watch once in a while right. as long as I watch stuff she wants to watch because I, I watch these movies like on cryptids just as research for my, for my own work to yeah. see you know, what, they're, what they're doing, you know, what kind of things that they've done with the creature so I know I'm in the right ballpark. Uh, well, we were, we were looking for one that we thought would be serious and it turned out to be one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. The acting was so horrible. It was laughable, but it was, the movie just cracked me up. Have you seen, uh, have you seen Willow Creek? Yes. I watched that. That's pretty good. Dude. Yeah. yeah, He's a, he's actually a hardcore, uh, Bigfoot fan enthusiast. Yeah. Well, he's a horror fan, but he's a Bigfoot enthusiast. That was a good movie, and it and the behaviors that that they were using are documented behaviors. The the tree knocks, the stalking. Oh, dude, he's a like I said, he's wow. a big time enthusiast. I don't, I don't think I've seen that. Willow it's Creek, great. you got to see it. Yeah, yeah it's it's on Amazon Prime. If you get a chance to watch Willow Creek, watch it. I'll have to check that out. Willow yeah. Creek, yeah, Bobcat Goldwyn. The, the thing about it is, is you never really go to get a look at them creatures. Yep, it's yeah. one. It's one of those where it just it relies on the atmosphere and what's happening to really amp the, amp the, uh, the, the attention level up, and it does it very well. Like, nice. But you never really get a good look at the creatures. You just get shadows and movement, yeah. and that's enough to scare the crap out of you. I watched oh, dude, it. I watched I it. Gotta check that out. I watched an interview with him on Joe Rogan. He was talking about it, um, about the movie and yeah. how he went to these towns. He actually went to these towns and talked to all these people who have r- reported it. 
mm-hmm. and things like that. And he actually did, I mean, in-depth research on this stuff. Wow. It, it's pretty cool, That's man. Cool. It's, it's, it's interesting, especially when you know the background and, and the, right. the work that went into making the movie, yeah. you know. Um, Absolutely. So speaking on all this stuff, we got some qu- some questions for you that kind of basic, basic questions, you know, we asked to start conversations. <laughs> so paranormal ghosts, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Okay. Have you ever seen anything? My wife and I, a few years back, actually this would have been about 2011, uh, we lived in a house over on the other side of town and uh, it was a newer house. It was a newer subdivision. We're pretty sure that it was built where an, where an old farm had been, uh, but there, there was a new development. Uh, and she kept seeing this little girl around the house dressed in like, like little house on the prairie type clothing. Mm-hmm. And, and she even spoke to her one time, said mama. And when she turned to look directly at her, she vanished. Well, my wife's always been able to be, be more you know, attuned to things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, psychically, I guess you could say psychologically, whatever. I'm kind of a brick. I don't really notice stuff like that. Um, I, I tend to, I, I'm, I'm the idiot that goes toward the sound. I'm not the guy that runs yeah, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I want to know what it is. Right. Uh, and I, I I believed her, but I never saw anything until one night I was coming home late after a long shift. And as I pulled into the driveway, she stepped out from behind a little tree. And I locked the brakes up, jumped out of the car, grabbed my flashlight and my pistol. And I'm like, who the hell is in my yard? Because all I saw was this little girl wandering around the yard. I thought, why is there some little girl out here at three o'clock in the morning? So I'm looking around for somebody chasing this kid. I'm thinking she's running from somebody. There wasn't anybody there. Wow. And I saw her plain as day and, you know, I was ready to go, go search the yard because I thought, like you said, I thought there was yeah. a little kid out here at three o'clock in the morning. That means somebody's either trying to abduct him or somebody's, you know, somebody's chasing yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, it didn't click until, you know, I was already going in the house that the type of clothing had been. And I went in and described her and she goes, yeah, that's her. That's, that's the little girl. Wow. Uh, that's the only time I've really actually seen something like that. Um, wow. But my wife is real, perceptive of stuff like that i i took her down to the crescent hotel in uh in uh, eureka springs arkansas and um we went in we went in and they they weren't doing tours at the time the place was booked for a wedding uh but i was talking to the lady at the front desk and told her you know explained who i was and she said she goes you said you were a cop i said yes i took out my credentials and showed her to her she goes okay well i know you're not going to be wandering around stealing stuff she goes you and your wife can just wander around you know, just don't go into any of the yeah. areas that are closed off for the banquet, for the wedding or stuff. Don't don't try to go into any of the rooms, but you can just wander around the hotel and take pictures and whatever. And she told us some of the most haunted rooms, and I took her to one of the rooms that has had some of the most sightings. And she said when she touched the door, it felt like electricity, and she doesn't want to go back. But it, it, awesome. Yeah, she's a she's a good litmus test for that stuff. She's always been able to detect stuff like that. Where, yeah, like I said, I'm more of a brick. I don't notice it so much. Right. It's got to be pretty, right in my face for me to see it. I'm yeah. pretty in tune to it. I uh, always have been. I guess that's kind of one of the things that got me into into horror and paranormal. All that creep. I like um, I like to think and know. Base I know in my own head and heart that there's something else out there. Um, and I believe in certain things that now, believe it or not, are coming more mainstream, like with different dimensions and like mm-hmm. different things like that, you know. Um, I mean, hell, even the government's talking about different dimensions and things like that. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I don't trust the government. He'd <laughs> <But, laughs> be kind uh, of an idiot too. Yeah. These days but, especially. Uh, yeah. But uh, 
No, I they um, have our best interests at heart, guys. Yeah, they really, we, really do. We care yeah, about yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I um, I think uh, I think it's to just to go through life thinking that there's nothing else is boring as hell. And who wants to live that way? You know, yeah, I, right. you've you've got to believe in something bigger than you. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm not, I'm not advocating one religion over another, but if you don't believe in something bigger than you, then you're, it's kind of an empty existence. If you think you know, you're, it's, you're like a candle and when the, when the candle goes out, that's it. Yeah. It's, 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 there's gotta be more than that. Yeah. I, and more yeah. and more we're actually starting to interact with it as, as we're pushing boundaries and, and exploring new, new places that we've never been. This is a good, I'm glad that we're talking about this right now. So I could bring this up. I was going to bring this up earlier because I was thinking about it, but this is perfect timing. So I was thinking about this. Now, Grant, there's more people on the earth. So there's more people around, but maybe because there's been a lot of like, up kicking up taking sightings and things like this and people oh say, yeah with the internet there's probably a river of ectoplasm underneath the city yeah <laughs> <laughs> well what i was going to say is with the internet yeah with all the electricity and all mm. the satellites and oh, all the yeah. towers everything just feeding off energy there's more electromagnetic yeah. electromagnetic energy being released under the air than ever before there's just so much energy out there that now. Also, if you uh, if you look at not not only like ghost sightings but like cryptid sightings are yes. on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been been more more in the last decade Bigfoot and, and other cryptid sightings than you know in many decades previous. Yeah. It's just there. I think a part of it is we're encroaching more into habitat, and a part another part of it is some of these creatures may be losing their fear of us. And yeah, that's not, that's that's not a good place to be. <laughs> This goes to our uh, conversation about Bigfoot being an interdimensional creature. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, I believe in there's different dimensions. So Mm -hmm. anything is possible. I uh, I mean, since since Bigfoot has never actually been, you know, scientifically proven to be there, nobody's ever brought a spear, well, that we know of, that has ever been publicly released. Uh, since it's never been scientifically documented, nobody can say for sure what it is. So you can't rule out anybody's theory. I, I personally, I, from my my background in law enforcement, I lean toward the the tangible evidence, what I can see, what I can detect, what mm-hmm. I can feel. So I'm leaning toward just an undiscovered animal. Yeah. But I will never say, you know, when someone says, well, may, maybe it comes from another dimension or aliens, aliens brought it here. Whenever somebody says out like that, I'm not going to go, oh, you're just crazy because the whole thing's crazy until we can prove it. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. See, that's the thing. Like, uh, no one knows. No one really knows. No. Um, yeah. now there was a gigantopithecus, which, you know, uh, mm-hmm. closest thing to what a Bigfoot would, would have been. Um, very similar. Yeah. And, you know, like we talked, I think we talked about this last time you were on. um, Yeah, about like how the Native Americans all had Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. In their things. They they all had different names, though. Mm. There's dozens and dozens of different names. Every tribe, every continent, except except for Antarctica, has had sightings. Uh, The only state in the United States that doesn't have any sightings is, is Hawaii. Uh, there's tons in Alaska. In fact, uh, the area they call it, referred to as the Alaskan Triangle has more people, experienced hunters and backpackers going missing you know, than any other place on the planet. Yeah. I mean, there are thousands of people who've gone missing in the Alaskan wilderness and no trace was ever found. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying it's all Bigfoot. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, you know, 
but you know, there's, there's tons of grizzly bears and there, there's dangerous animals out there. And we all know from, you know, being in the Ozarks that if an animal goes down in the woods, give it a few days for the coyotes and other scavengers to find it. And you're not going to find any pieces. Yeah. You might find a little bit of hair, maybe, maybe a bone if you're lucky, but you're not going to find much. It's going to, it's going to get torn apart and scattered pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So if a person, yeah. you know, got killed out in the middle of the woods, it wouldn't take long for the scavengers to get rid of the evidence. No, However, get rid of what's killing them? Yeah. Pig farm. Yeah. I was going to say, you get pig the farm. pigs will kill, eat up a body real quick. Uh, yeah. Pig farm. Yeah. Sinkhole. But you got, you got a question? You got more than well, head? No. I mean, we're just going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So, so now we've, we've went down the, the ghost uh, path. What about aliens? You know, considering how vast the universe is, we would have to be incredibly arrogant to believe we're the only life in this universe. I mean, I in, beyond arrogance. It's like if you walked out into the middle of the woods by yourself, couldn't find another person, and suddenly decided, I'm the only person on this planet because you can't see anybody else. Right. It, it's incredibly arrogant to think. It's like, like, like back when they were discovering, uh, discovering other countries, like mm-hmm. when Europeans came here, there were already people here. Right. You know, so they didn't, they didn't really discover it. We're like, oh, we found your living room. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we claimed it in the name of Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was already here. People already knew about it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. There's got to be other li- uh, life and yeah. other spl- But, you know, the thing is, is if there is intelligent life and they can travel across the stars, we've got to be the Arkansas of the universe. They probably lock <laughs> their doors when they go by us. See, roll the windows all, up, make sure the kids uh, seat belted in. Don't yeah, get too close yeah. to earth. They're people crazy. Say that, you know, and it's like, people are always like, well, if you believe in aliens, then do you think that they've come here? And I'm like, you know, maybe they have. Maybe I think they they're haven't. here. But if they have come here, why? Why would they come here? I mean, you know, See, unless they want like, something we have. Think about it like this. Popeye's fried chicken. Popeye's yeah. chicken sandwich. Well, think That's about right. like this. Uh, only place you, you ever have one of those? Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. Is it, is it the I, best thing on the freaking planet? It, I wouldn't shoot somebody in line over it. It's a chicken sandwich. <laughs> but you know, people were brawling over those things oh, yeah. when they were really popular. And I, I, I would have admit, one. Oh, the, if you guys got a Popeye's up there? No, no, no. Now, next time you're down the Springfield Way, get one. It's a, it's a fantastic chicken sandwich. Not, not not worth robbing a store or shooting somebody over, but it's a good chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, like I said, we will be getting to Springfield once all this bull, bull crap is over. I'm kind of afraid to get one. But, uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna you know it's not gonna change your life it didn't grow my hair back um, it's it's a pretty good chicken sandwich but uh but yeah you know speaking of aliens i i mean um i'm gonna steal this from um rogan again joe rogan talk about it, but i kind of believe him everyone thinks that we are the shit the shittiest we're the ass end of everything but maybe we're not maybe we're not the ass end of everything maybe we uh Maybe we're a pretty interesting um, – see, if you look at it kind of like – I'm not very religious, but if you look at it from a religious view too, um, even with angels and humans were always more, um, oh, loved and more uh, – they always had certain things that angels didn't have, like the, the will, the power to free do, will. you know, free will, all that stuff. Um, it's a great song, by the way. <laughs> But you know, maybe maybe we're not just uh, this shitty being that's in the middle of nowhere. Because think about it, 
when someone comes to visit Springfield, why the hell you want to come to Springfield for? You know, you live there. It's like, why the hell would you come to Springfield? Certain people find things interesting, you know? Well, because um, we live in Rolla and there's nothing here. But see, you say <laughs> you, that. You have the then, miniature Stonehenge. Yeah. We, you're right. We do. You say do. that, but people we've still. Got a, we've got an observatory. People still come here. You see what I'm saying? Um, just because where you live at, you may be there all the time and you're like, God, this sucks. But used to, to, Raleigh used to have one of the best hobby shops in Southwest Missouri too. What was that? That was years ago when I, heck back in the, I want to say early nineties, I would drive to Raleigh from Lebanon to go to the hobby shop there. It was just up from campus up toward the main street. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I, I could take I've you to been, it, but I couldn't give you the directions. Yeah, yeah. I've only been here since, let's see, I moved down here in 2006. Oh, I've been here for a long time, 20 plus years. But yeah, I you know, was going up there to buy buy uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff when you were oh, in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing. But more, what I'm saying is, you know, um, who knows? Like, just because I think, to be honest with you, I think that there may be aliens among us. Could be. I don't believe in lizard people, but uh, you know, that live underneath the ground. But I do believe that. Um, there may be other beings from other Earths, other planets here, you know, uh, other dimensions. See, I'm a dimension guy, though, so it's, it's different for me. It's, because, it's all dimensional with him. Well, I'm serious. That's the way it is. You You're got, saying he has dementia? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dimensional guy. <laughs> Putting the dementia in dimensional. What were we yeah. talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Take your meds. Plastic bag, plastic bag. Uh no, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, people, people who necessarily believe that, uh, just their space and that's all there is, is a universe or whatever. I believe that there's multiple freaking dimensions than different, different universes. So like for every universe, there's a multi, there's an endless universe. Mm -hmm. It just keeps on going and going. Multiverse. You the know? multiverse uh, theory. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, and I, I say, why the hell not? I mean, if you're going to just be that person who's like, nope, that's not real. Nope, that's not real. Yeah. Nope. If, if we can figure out how to travel the multiverse, I want to go to the universe where I, where I was born rich like Bill Gates. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and <sure>. just <laughs> not an asshole. No, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to trade places with that guy. I just want his money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. He can, he can go. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel you on that one. I just, uh, as far as aliens go, man, I, I've seen some things in my life. I've seen some, uh, some things that I can't really explain. Um, but some things can be explained. Certain lies you see, uh, test, uh, military tests, things like that. Hell, you know? I have problems explaining this podcast sometimes. <laughs> no, you know, people love us. They love us. It's pretty, I mean, the, the title is pretty, uh, pretty, uh, prominent. There. It explains it all right there, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, if there is aliens, I just know that I haven't been probed. Not yet, anyway. I've been begging. <laughs> the night is young. You have to make an appointment for that. Yeah. Sir, due to Call COVID, we're not probing this year. <laughs> They're going to have tents. The only probe you're going to get is that pro that COVID swab that goes to the back right of your skull. Here. I tell them I'm only doing rectal. <laughs> yeah, but it's a much farther distance to the back of your sinuses from that, that way. Did I say two, better make it three. 
Smuggler. Embrace yourself. This is this is where our podcast always goes. Someone's <laughs> anal swabby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I mean, honestly, though, you know, um, I like making connections like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anal swabbing wise <laughs> after anal swabbing that's the connection he wants to make that's quite the segue <laughs> that's how we do it that's how we do it speaking of rectal probes it's nice to meet you <laughs> i tell you what oh, no one nothing better than a great connection than the anal swab you know what i'm saying how'd you guys you can't laugh about that what can you laugh about you're always gonna remember how we met <laughs> Oh, that's the guy talked to me about anal swabbing. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hit the end button and he's going to look at his wife and be like, what the fuck did I just get into? <laughs> I'm those, not honey, those weren't Mike and Ike's you gave me, were they? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the make a wish? Thing? Oh, <laughs> no, but uh, see, this is what I'm saying. When when we get together with people on stuff like this, it just ends up being a good conversation that we can all laugh about. Oh yeah. Forget oh, about, those, are, those are the best. Yeah. You forget about all the drama and the stupid stuff going on in the world. You know? Yeah. Tomorrow we'll be thinking about this. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if DA is ever going to talk to us again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we say that, but she send me a message after we get done. Can you cut out the middle half hour of that show? <laughs> As a matter of fact, can you guys just delete that and, and my number? <laughs> oh, we Lord. say that, but when we talk to those to those uh, people from UK, we talked. Oh my to them God, for, they were worse than we were. We talked to them for four hours. That's awesome. And it was they were awesome, and it was cool because we I mean shit. We had what one, two, three. We have four people. Four people. Four people from there. the from the UK. Two two directors and two actors. Awesome. And um, you should check out their movie actually called Hosts. Yeah, you should check it out. H O S P S. H O S. It's it just came out. I heard something about that. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, but we talked to them. Is it and, streaming or is it still in theaters? Uh, no. I mean, I think you can get to it on Amazon. I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I might have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Um, but like we talked to them, and you know, <laughs> the conversation just kept going and going. And it's probably like for them, it was what, three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. And they're still talking. I'm like, man, I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, I know it's late over there. We probably got like, oh, no, it's all good. We're having a blast, you know? And it's, um, we try to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. And then we make it feel uncomfortable halfway yeah. through the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we suck you in. And then, we and then comes the anal probe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we talk about anal probes with them. No, but I did say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. So uh, one of the actors that was in on that show with us, her name was Samantha Loxley. And uh, there's a scene in the movie where basically this movie, it's a possession film. Mm -hmm. And she's like over the top of this other woman's head. And she's got like this goo, like this clear, really thick saliva coming out of her mouth, dripping onto this woman's head. Ryan makes a comment of, yeah, I thought that was something else coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Just like, oh. No, to be fair. Happy ending all, cost extra. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> to be fair, they were all talking about it, like yeah. stuff like they were talking about how they made it look like this. 
and look and all this stuff. And then I have no filter. So it just pulls right As out of my tell. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they all died laughing though. So yeah. that was the good thing about it. And they still wanted to come on the show again. So. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because I kept looking at her face like, oh God, she's going to come unglued. No, Does that, no. that movie come up when you search two girls, one cup? No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry. Ugh. I had that out of my mind for a minute, and now it's back. <laughs> oh yes! Oh god! Yes, yes. All right. Meanwhile, this is where our show goes every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no. Uh, just so we can just, segue. Just back. when you think it can't get any worse, wait. We've hit another rock layer. Let's well, dig wait, a little deeper. More. <laughs> but no. Um. So we talked about the ghosts and everything. Okay. What about demons? I believe those are, I believe demons are real. I mean, every religion all the way back to Zoroastrianism talks yeah, about of creatures demons, of power. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they always talk about, and it may not necessarily call them the same thing, but they're always described the same way. And in a lot of, a lot of terms, they use words that are, a lot of times they use words that are very similar to demon, like daemon or deva. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I believe these are powerful evil creatures that do exist and they may be extra dimensional they may be just something from you know our own universe that's that's deep and dark and things we don't understand but i believe they're there yeah see and that's my thing um when it comes to demons and things like that <clears throat> and angels or whatever you want to say i think that uh they do come from a different you know maybe the upper levels of dimensions are a little bit better off than the bottom levels of dimensions and uh, things come – I think mainly what everything lives and breathes and feeds off of is energy because mm-hmm. energy can never be created nor destroyed like that, you know, so it's always right. – it's, it's, it's there. Um, and I think that everything feeds off of that. No matter where it's from, no matter what dimension or what planet, I think every, everything feeds off of that. And, you know, speaking of ghosts, bringing that back into this little equation here, you know, we believe – we talked about it enough, you know, that things hold energy, mm-hmm. you know, objects, places, land, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it can hold that energy. And I think that other things feed off of it. You know, that's the whole concept of, you know, whenever your flashlight dies during something or your batteries go dead, it's, you know, things like that. Um, Are you guys familiar it, with the term uncanny valley? Yes. My son, and I, my son and I were just having a conversation about that. That's something primitive in our brain that makes us fear things that look almost human, not quite. Uh, that's why we, you know, like the, the, the Slender Man scene mm-hmm. in the background oh, yeah. inspires such a, a horrified feeling in people. It's the, the Uncanny Valley, which was a chart, uh, you know, a, a description on a chart of where your, where your psyche would, would change when certain things were seen. It's like a pile of clothes in a chair in your bedroom is when mm-hmm. the light on is a pile of clothes. But you flip the light off, it looks vaguely human, and you experience that fear. I think the Uncanny Valley plays a part in all of our lives, and I think that's why horror is such a, a universal concept uh, because we we fear what's almost human but not quite yeah yeah things that might have preyed on us at one time that's cool man that's well, pretty, that's pretty damn deep but. well yeah you know what you just said things that preyed us on one time that's why like um you're not afraid of be like i said you're not afraid of being alone in the dark you're afraid of not being alone in the dark right you're you afraid know? of what you see what's there that you can't see um and they done a test like this too like they did i think i can't remember the name <laughs> of it but um it was with the laboratory mice 
And what they would do is um, they would shock the feet of these mice every time they would uh, feed them a certain thing. You know what I mean? Okay. So every time they would feed them this, it would shock, they would put this little thing that shock the bottom of their feet, right? Well, the, the offspring of these mice, they would go to feed them the same thing, not shock them, but they would still get that shock. Oh, I got you. So basically, like, um, let's say that... A genetic memory. Yeah, that's why you learn... I mean, that's where you learn how to do shit, you know? Like, you, when, you, when you're born, you learn that you have... I mean, you breathe through your... You know, right. you breathe. You right. learn how to breathe. You already know. You already know certain things are there. Um, but what he was say, to what he was saying, um, people are scared of certain things because that's what fucking was killing you back in the day, you know? Like, you weren't afraid of the dark because it's dark outside. You're afraid of the dark because you can't see that fucking line getting ready to come in here and kill your family, you know? Are you guys uh, familiar with the book Them and Us by Denny Van- Danny Vendramini? I do know. I have not read the book, but I have heard about the book. Through he basically took, a, a, took the old fossil records of, of uh, not Cro-Magnon man, Neanderthal man, mm-hmm. and how the scientists of the day, when they first discovered Neanderthal back in the 1800s, made it look almost human. Well, what he did is he did more of a forensic reconstruction from the skeletons, and what he came up with was horrifying. It, it very much mat- fit the modern description of a Bigfoot. It was uh-huh. bigger than us. It, it had bigger eye sockets because it saw it hunted at night. Um, and he, his theory is that not only were they preying on humans, but we fought a war for survival against them for generations. Oh, well, okay, damn it. I'm gonna. I, I'm trying to think about that. There's a, there's a war. There's a battle of of, of Bigfoot. What was it? Uh, oh man, there was a war between Bigfoot and um, the Dogmen. I think yes, yes, the Dog Soldiers, Dogmen. Um, there's a name of it though. I I just learned. I just read about this, and then I listened to a podcast about it like about a month ago. So it's leaving my head. But anyway, there was a battle between these Dogmen. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what what was the native. Do you remember what uh, Indians it was or Native Americans it was? There was a certain group. They were bigger. I can't think off the top of my head. It was, I want to say it was somewhere down in Georgia. Yes, yeah, near Florida. Florida. I remember Florida. reading about it, but it's been a while. But it was a bigger. These Native Americans were bigger, and they fought the big the Bigfoot, huh. and they were called dog soldiers and uh, dog men. And um, there was a big battle. Mm-hmm between them um it was really it's a really cool story um if you have if you got time i know you're yeah. not huge yeah, into never... bigfoot so go ahead i know you're hopefully not... bigfoot's not huge into me either <laughs> there's hey he i'm sure da knows uh there's actually a whole um romantic novel uh said about bigfoot there's a whole subgenre on it yes there people people actually produce novels about that. What, yep. what, what do they call them? Fucking weird people that dress up and fucking furries. Furries, yeah. <laughs> no, this is straight up. These novels are straight up about women falling in love with Bigfoot, and and there's a, a, a similar one for dinosaurs as well. Wow, oh, I did not know that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is <Yeah>. great. <laughs> You find some really weird shit on Amazon. T Rex. Yeah, pretty much. I know you got short arms, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, he can't do it himself. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to take care of him. That's Uh, right. Poor guy. 
Well, they, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get too deep into dinosaurs here. <laughs> Especially dinosaur uh, loving. Yeah. Well, supposedly T-Rex wasn't really even that big of a uh, predator. He was actually a scavenger from what I was, some things I was reading. That's why his arms were like that. Like he ate what was left and would, you know, that's what I heard. I don't know. Some people believe okay. dinosaurs didn't even exist, so I don't even know. Yeah. Those are the same people that think the earth is flat. Good you point. Well, check this out. I was listening oh, to this. Oh, God. Well, I was listening to this other podcast, and they were talking about how maybe it is whatever you believe it is. If you believe you're living on a flat earth, then maybe you are living on a flat earth. If you believe you live on a round earth, then you're living on a round earth. It's just whatever you think it is. Which kind of is like uh, bullshit. Not really. And I told you, JT. I see. I told you. Make JT your own this. reality. Yeah, yeah, basically. I t- I tell JT this because he's a bit. You know, he's a science. If he, I yeah, believe I'm in more science, into the science of stuff. I believe in science. I'm like, okay. Have you ever personally seen a planet, or ha- personally seen that the Earth is round? Well, no. Nope. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, you haven't. So I look at the moon. Uh huh. And the moon's not up there flipping in the sky like a quarter. It's so, got a point. It's just there. Question. I don't oh, believe. Don't I don't, get I don't, me into I those I don't, Santos guys. I don't believe in. I don't he, believe. He in made me listen to this podcast one time about this guy. His name was uh, something Santos. And I tell you what, I was about a half hour into this podcast, and I was so mad, I almost drove my car off a cliff. <laughs> this guy, this guy, they were talking about, I've always been big into space and planets mm-hmm. and different stuff ever since I was a kid. And this guy was talking about how, uh, how far away is the sun? And they're like, oh, well, it's like, you know. A million miles away, or whatever. A number someone made up. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, so this guy is like, no, no, the sun is only about 40,000 miles away or 40 miles away or something stupid. I was like, what the fuck? What? And then he was all into like, the stars aren't really there. They're just holes poked in the sheet, like, thing. And whatever collected is poked the holes in the lid of the jar. I'm like, oh god. Here it's funny. Go. I like fucking with JT more than anything because I don't really give a shit either way. <laughs> if, if the sun was that close, we'd all look like that Popeyes for a chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way right, I look at it, right. too, the way I look at it is, is like and the aliens be eating us. Saying, damn, that's some good ass Popeyes. <laughs> My thing is, is what I tell people who argue about because there's people who argue about this shit all the time. I'm like, listen, whether the Earth is round or flat, nothing in your life's going to change. You're still going to go to work. You're still going to do everything you're doing. Everything in my life would change. Probably because you're one of those freaking science guys. Nothing. (laughs) You're like, what is wrong with me? It's all been a lie. Well, it's just I like messing with JT all the time about that shit. Because for me, for me, I don't care. I, I, it doesn't bother me. I just like messing with. When I see people, it's like the same thing with like Chevy and Ford guys. You know, I granted I grew up. I'm a Chevy. Yeah, this is coming from a guy that drives a Jeep. Exactly. Well, so. this is, you're getting my point. <laughs> I don't really give a shit either way, but if I find out you're a hardcore Ford guy, I'm going to talk as much shit as I can about Ford. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that wants it to start and take me where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't care, but... If and if that's a Ford, a Dodge, a Chevy, a Daihatsu, yeah. I don't care what it is, as long as it gets me from point A to point B reliably. 
I got to tell you, I've been in the automotive business for over 30 years. They're all pieces of crap. Now they are. <laughs> Every they're, one of them. Now Planned they obsolescence. They are designed they're, they're to break. Drunk. Yeah. Unless it's a Toyota. You get you a nice 80s Toyota, that son of a bitch will run for fucking ever. That ain't no joke. My buddy drove his for 600,000 miles on it. Now he pulled in the driveway one day, and it fucking, he's like, all right, good job. Well, goddamn, if you drove me for 600,000 miles, I'd do the same thing. Oh, I'll put 600,000 miles on you, all right? I bet you would. <laughs> fucking three inches at a time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, now you're okay. Now you're, now you're, compliment, now you're complimenting me, huh? Oh, God. <laughs> Flattery will get you a turn. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Okay, so, so Nick, let's, let's talk about this. Since you, you're, you write books about cryptids and things like that, have you ever seen a cryptid or anything that you thought may have been? I've, I've had a couple of odd, you know, odd encounters where I didn't know what it was, never actually saw something. Uh, but led, led me to believe it wasn't something I was used to. Uh, did I tell you guys my deer hunting story? I don't think so. Not that I can remember. Mm-mm. This was, uh, oh, 91, somewhere around there. I was in my early 20s, shortly before I met my wife. And um, I, my, my uncle owned a bunch of land right next to a bunch of conservation land uh, up near, do you know where Eldridge, Missouri is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he lived out you know, on the sticks out by Eldridge. And we, he had 160 acres. It was right up against about 5,000 acres of conservation land. And there was never anybody out on his land that he didn't let. And uh, he was pretty pretty good about, about keeping it that way. Uh, I went out, set up in a deer stand, and I was, I'd already checked in with him. I was going to be the only one hunting out there that day. And uh, I get set up, and I'm out there well before, before sun up. And uh, – it's not too terribly long after the sunrise. You know, I'm, I'm hearing something move, and I'm like, okay, got something coming in. So I'm just waiting. Pretty soon, I've got a, a decent size, about a 10-point about a buck. He was a good, good mid-sized buck, comes out. And uh, he's not, not standing ideal, so I'm just waiting. And I was hunting at the time with a British 303, so I know if I get a good broadside shot, he's not going far. Um, so I wait, and I'm patient, and it pays off. He turns almost perfect broadside. And uh, he was only about 75 yards out, which was an easy easy shot with that rifle. I bring it up, and I hit him, and he drops immediately. And he's down for a couple seconds, and he gets up, gets wobbles up, and he takes off. Well, I know. I, I just, because of how long he was down, I said, I know I've got it. froze. Oh. The deer stand. Head over there. Okay, you're back. I think you're back. Hear me? You guys hear me? Gotcha. Okay. Good. Kind of, kind of got a fuzzy there for a second. Yeah, you froze up a little bit. Uh, so I climbed down out of the deer stand and I go over to where the deer fell. And I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term lung butter. Uh-huh. It's, it's lung material. Uh, uh-huh. I, I saw lung butter on the ground. I knew I got him. I, and I, at this point, I know he's not going far. And I've got a thick blood trail to follow. So he heads off into the bushes and he goes down about about 30 yards from where I'm at and then goes off into the trees and then drops down into a ravine. And it was a pretty decent little drop. I wasn't going to, I was going to just jump down because I probably would have broke my legs. So I had to backtrack about a quarter of a mile to get down into this ravine without killing myself and come back to the point. And I knew I was in the right point because I'd push, I'd push branches to the side. So I'd know exactly where I came down. So I find where he hit the ground 
uh, pick up the blood trail again, and he doesn't go but about another 10 yards till I find a plate, the place where he fell and bled out. Uh, there was a tremendous amount of blood there. There's no way the deer got up, but it was gone. Uh, there were no drag marks. Uh, the woods were dead silent. And when I say dead silent, I mean dead silent. Uh, no footprints, no drag marks, no, no additional blood drops. It was like something swooped down, picked it up, and it was just gone. Wow. And I spiraled outward from that spot for a good 100 yards in every direction that I could get and never picked up another blood trail. So something, something picked it up and carried it. Um, coyotes would have tore into it on the spot. Uh, even a mountain lion would have had to drag it because this was a good-sized buck. It was no normal animal. Oh, hell it no. had, to be, had to be something that picked it up. I'm a pretty strong wow. dude, and I've drugged deer out of the woods before, and trust me, it takes a while. Plus, to get it out of the ravine like that, mm-hmm. I mean, it. I never found a trace of it. That's crazy. And another time in that same deer stand, I, I hunted that, that land a lot. I was out there one night and uh, waiting to get set up. And it's about an hour, hour and a half yet before sun, before the sun comes up and the woods, woods are alive. You know, I can hear birds waking up and in the distance I can hear turkey and, you know, the woods are kind of alive. Well, I'm sitting there trying to be as quiet as I can. I'm sipping coffee out of my thermos. And I hear a squirrel bark behind me about 100 yards. And uh, then everything just went dead silent. I mean, absolutely hear my heart beat in my chest, dead silent. And I just had the distinct feeling that I needed to get the hell out of there. And I looked around. I didn't see anything. Nothing ever came close. But I scurried down out of that tree stand, got back to my truck, got the hell out of there. And it was one of the most eerie feelings I've ever had in the woods. Wow. I mean, I've had very few times that I've ever heard the woods go dead quiet, and that's terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know if I've I don't think I've ever seen a cryptid, so to speak, or anything. Um, now I tell you, my wife, like we both work for FedEx, so like mm-hmm. we we would deliver all over the country. I've delivered in some freaking way out in middle of nowhere places, you know. And um, she said she got stuck one time. Uh, at the bottom of the, she was way out in the middle of nowhere, down around close to Potosi, mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere in the sticks, you know. And um, she's down in this ravine, and so she has no cell phone service. So she got to walk up top of the road to get service, you know, mm-hmm. which is always dangerous, especially out in them areas. You got mountain lions, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, bear possibly. Um, but she said she was walking, and uh, she walked up, called. Uh, you know, our people, they come and they'll get us. So she said she walked back down to get to into the van to sit in the van just so she wasn't outside, you know. But when she got down to the van, she said she heard this scream. Like, it was like a growlish scream. Like, she said, I've never heard anything like that in my life before, ever. Wow. And um, she's like, I don't know what it was. She's like, I know bobcats can sound pretty crazy. I mean, if you know anything about animals that are in the Ozarks, Bob's cats can make some crazy ass sounds. Oh yeah. Especially when they're fighting, you know? Um, so could have been possibly a Bobcat maybe. Um, but she said it was so loud that even the cattle that were out there because it was a big open mm-hmm. field cattle out there were like took off running. Wow. That's so a big predator like, then. Yeah. Cattle, won't, then, cattle don't normally run from a, a Bobcat. They'll circle up around the calves but they won't generally run from a bobcat because yeah. it's not big enough to take one of them down. See, mountain lions have a pretty dis- – or cougars, I mean, whatever you want to call them, they have a pretty distinctive sound. 
Um, she said this was loud though, like mm-hmm. loud, and it echoed. Crazy. And I was like, "Holy shit, dude! I fucking that'd be crazy." Hell I yeah. mean, I've never. I'm. I can tell you this, and this is a true story. It happened to me a long, long time ago. We were camping. We camped out all the fucking time. We camped out for weeks on end. Um, so we had this little spot we had built up where we camped all the time. We even put like uh, strings around it, you know, mm-hmm. with the cans, the rocks in it, the rattle, all that stuff. We said it had it all set up for us. Um, we had it. We built it. Now, granted, we were all probably 12 to 14, somewhere in there. We all ranged age. We built this platform up in the tree. And we all had to take turns up there with 22, you know, mm-hmm. watching out for everybody, you know. Well, like, one of our buddies was up there. He's all freaking out. He's, like, screaming. And, like, he's like, help, help. Like, what the fuck is he doing? So we take off running over there, you know. And uh, he's like, something was scratching at the tree. Something was scratching trying to get up the tree. And I'm like, huh? So we get the flashlights, and we're, like, looking around the tree, and there were some claw marks on the tree. I don't know what the fuck this was. This really happened. I could bring on three other guys who've seen the same thing. We How high were the claw marks? I'd say about chest high. Uh, well, for about a six-foot tall part. So I'd say about five and a half foot up. Mm-hmm. Five and a half foot up. Well, this is what the really bad part is. This is a crazy thing anyway. So we heard something in the woods. We heard something moving. Bigger. Something bigger. So I was like, what the fuck is that? So, you know, we're, like I said, 12 to 13, 14 years old. We get the flashlights. We're all looking around. There's a tree about yay big around, about that big around. I look at it. I blow past it, and I'm like, stop. And I go back to the tree. And about four foot high, four and a half foot high, and I swear – I didn't, wasn't drunk. I don't drink. I've done that stuff. There were hands wrapped around the tree. Swear to you. Hands wrapped around the tree. Describe them. Like long, uh, long, dark fingers. Like that long. Like literally wrapped around the, a tree about this round. Wrapped around it like this. Okay, Almost. would you say, like, would they, would they, bear with me here, would they roughly human size but look more like a raccoon's hands? Exactly, identical. That's, good. That's I was a dog just, man. I was just getting ready, I swear on my life, I was just getting ready to say, a raccoon, picture that, but human size. That's a dog man. And That's how this. numerous people have described the hands of a dog man. Check this out. Not only did I see the hands, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm looking, I see two eyes on, on either side of the uh, tree. And I promise you, I'm looking at you right now dead in the face that I'm not lying to you, dude. Wow. That's a true story. And I was like, dude, look at that. And as soon as I said that, like, everyone was like, what? Because they were all looking around. They turned around and looked at me, and it was gone. You're in it. Yeah, they're quick. Out through the leaves. True story. And I swear, before you said anything, I was getting ready to say, picture a raccoon, but big, but human size. That's how that's how a lot of people that have had up close encounters with dogmen have described their hands as human-like, but built more like a raccoon. Like they were the, the dimensions weren't correct. They were claws, but they, they still had the hand like a. That's crazy, dude. I did not know that at all. If if you look up uh, 
the beast of LBL or the beast of the land between the lakes, look up the attacks that the beast of LBL is accredited with. It, it supposedly back and they allegedly the story was buried, but the sources that I've checked into, uh, one of them was a retired cop that was there. Uh, it, apparently Dogman murdered a, a family of four in that campground and they bulldozed the campground right after that and shut it down. <laughs> That's so crazy, man. The Dogmen are very dangerous. See, cause I, and I had no, I swear to you, dude, that's the oh, 100% freaking truth, man. But that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. See, I love these conversations. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, um, so we're getting brought to the end of this one. Um, but I will tell you, you know, we're going to be having probably a lot of future conversations with oh, you. Oh, heck yeah. Anytime. We'll be getting together um, once all this crap passes over. And yeah, uh, we're going to make a trip to Springfield. We're going to have you show us some creepiness down there. We'll be doing some stuff together down there, definitely. Um, there's a uh, there's an old campground about, about 35 minutes from here um, that supposedly back in the late, uh, late 90s, someone went missing from and the Army Corps of Engineers shut it down. And it is one of the creepier places you can go. I've gone down there at night and it's pretty creepy. I have to take yeah. you guys down there. It's called the Joe Bald Recreation Area. Yeah, well, I, hunt, I mean, I promise you, and I, we will be, we're all, we'll be probably do a couple podcasts for then anyway. That's not Sweet. one of those things where, like, you know, if I took you camping and you woke up with a sore ass, would you tell anybody? <laughs> like, if you're going to get probed, it's probably going to be from him. <laughs> yeah, you're probably. He's right. the probing guy. Yeah. It's probing time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we definitely will be, you know, of course, getting back in touch. It's always fun talking to you. And once all this stuff gets over with. We're going to be doing a lot of collaborating things like, you know, JT can help you out with your book deals thing and setting that up. You know, up. Uh, one good uh, possibility for the, 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 uh, for doing a podcast, if you want to film something live, is someplace I've always wanted to go where that attack happened land between the lakes is not that far from here. Really? It's about a four, four and a half hour drive. Yeah. We could film We, if we could find that abandoned, because they say it's still there. You can still find it. If we could find that abandoned campground and film down there, I, I would be, be totally cool. down for going down there. Oh, that's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. We're that that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So. We uh we drove through land between the lakes and we drove through it in the middle of the night. We didn't stop. But we drove through that area and it is one of the creepiest places to drive through at night that I've ever driven through. Really? Yeah, I yes. wanted to go back so Where's bad. That? It's uh, it's all right on the Kentucky Tennessee border. Uh, oh, just okay. across the line uh, you know, from Missouri, it's not that far. Right. Uh, you know, from right where you guys are at, you can probably go straight across. But look up, uh, look up uh, the beast of LBL or the beast of land between the lakes, and okay. it'll show you right where it's at. Nice. Yeah, dude. That's all. Yeah. See, we'll we'll definitely we're definitely gonna be setting some things up. You know, we keep yeah. in contact with you pretty much. So we'll be setting some things up and uh, having some more conversations and doing some cool video things. As long as you don't care about being on video, we like to. Uh, I don't mind a bit. We're going to be doing videos and we're going to be doing all kinds of cool shit. So sounds like a plan to me. Oh yeah, man. Well, right yeah. on. Hey, DA, it was awesome talking to you. As it's always, always a pleasure as usual. man. Uh, we, you... we should do a show just on dogmen. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. We Definitely. can set that up. Well, after this, um, we'll shoot some emails back and forth and we'll set up a, okay. uh, a weekend. Of it. 
Yeah. But uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and all that good stuff. You can check out all my books at www.daroberts.net. All of my books are currently available from Amazon. I'd uh, I'd list all the books, but there's there's like 19 of them, so it would take me a minute. But uh, I've got multiple series out. I write uh, sci-fi and primarily horror. Uh, But if you like cryptid horror or zombies, check out my work at www.daroberts.net. Awesome, man. Awesome, brother. All right, guys. That's it for us tonight. Uh, We love you guys. And um, as always, until next time, keep keep it creepy. creepy. Yeah, that's awesome, man.